Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, a special episode of uh, the Business uh, Exchange, How Business Works, uh, brought to you by the American Business Council, the voice of American businesses in Nigeria. The Business Exchange is a bi-weekly program where business executives and industry experts share insight on how business works with a deep dive into stories um, around different sectors. My name is Paul Olele, and I'm your host for this show. And um, on today's episode, we'll be focusing on the upward trajectory of the music industry in Nigeria. And knowing the music industry in Nigeria, it is hard to deny the momentum Afrobeats has um, taken over the past, over the last decade, so to speak. And um, Afrobeats does remain a critical sector in the Nigerian um, creative sectors, uh, particularly the music industry. And um, according to uh, foreign policy, the uh, entertainment sector is expected to rake in a gross total of $14.8 billion by 2025. Now, today's episode, we do have um, a pioneer in the uh, Nigerian music industry. Um, This episode is actually particularly special because this could be the final time this artist might go by this name um, (laughs) because he's going through um, uh, uh, um, rebranding. Um, and he brought us songs like uh, Action Film, Safe, uh, and one of my favorite songs, Two Teaser. I was playing that song um, a couple of months back, um, and many more hit songs. And um, I'm talking about the main man himself, Mr. Incredible, M.I. Abaga. Um, welcome to the show. How's everything going? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, nice to meet you. And sorry I'm making you stay up so early. For people listening, they don't know that because of the time difference between us, you're here. It's late in the morning for you, so I'm glad no, to be here. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, it's not every day we get to speak to um, icons in the uh, Nigerian music industry. Um, so, um, am I? Um, the focus um, for today. Um, I talked about the uh, creative uh, or the creative um, sector in Nigeria, and um, I just wanted to know your thoughts on the role the diaspora plays in um, advancing the creative industry, because we have Sony music, universal music, and these, um, and even with Chocolate City, I, I think you 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 have a, um, a distribution deal with, um, with one of these labels um, as well. So the, 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 the main, um, the main gist of it is that these labels have um, infiltrated the uh, African market. So what role have they played in the last five years in advancing the creative industry, specifically the music industry? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, And I believe that I am not, probably not one of the top like 2% that can speak to this with authority, but I'm up there in the top 10% because I did uh, emerge in my career at a, st- at a time when that force was actually starting to be felt. Like the whole world is over the last three years really going up crazy about uh, Afrobeat, but it's been a, a 30 year journey, uh, actually a 22, around a 22, 25 year journey um, to give some people some context. Um, Nigeria politically has also gone through some changes. And right before this our fourth time at a democracy, we were um, ruled by a military man who was basically, you know, a dictator. Um, and 
the social setting when I was a child wasn't one that um, had a lot of like um, freedom for like entrepreneurs and which is sort of the the space you need for like the creative economies to thrive. And so the creative economy in, in Nigeria at the time was really very base level. Um, a lot of the big labels in, in, in that were there historically had pulled out, you know, as Nigeria had gone through coups, they closed down their offices, there were no studios. Um, and then it started to re-emerge. And some of us that were there at the early stages, you know, um, saw that, that first clasp of hands between the diaspora and, um, and, and what we were doing back home. And I would say that the diaspora has been like one of the three big partners in getting the sound out there. You know, the artists back home, um, of course, I've played a, I've played a, a, a huge role. Technology has played second huge role. Um, and I would say diaspora audiences. Um, and the reason I say this is because first of all, it allowed Nigerian artists and African artists to start performing in other countries, to go perform for audiences, whether it was, it was um, uh, college, a college uh, room with a bunch, like 20, 30 students that just wanted to see this, you know, rapper or singer that they were a fan of or was a prom or whatever, you know, um, these artists started to travel. As they started to travel, they started to, you know, connect and make, you know, um, uh, connections and network with other, you know, with other industries and meet other ARs and meet other record people and start to make the case. <clears throat> the second thing is um, within the diaspora, as people started to get jobs in media, <clears throat> as Nigerians I also want to do, they started to infuse African sounds and African music into the charts. <clears throat> you think early on of DJ Abrante and um, in, um, and I, I use his name, but I mean, he was he was not alone. There are a lot of other people. DJ Edu, probably DJ Edu is probably a better person to use. In the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the role that that he played with, like, early on, like, starting to get Afrobeats, you know, 30 minutes. 30 minutes on a show somewhere. Um, you think about DJ Abbas and, and, and those guys, the, the parties they were doing in the UK where they would bring in... Uh, you know, African artists into festivals, you know, early on, this is 1999, the year 2000. Um, and then stateside, uh, uh, another example I'd give is this coalition called Niger DJs, which was led by a few like uh, DJ Mighty Mike, DJ 3K. Uh, oh my God, I forget the, forget the other person's name. I'll try to remember before I, before I, uh, before we end the conversation, but then they also had a spread of like international DJs where they would take a song and just spread it to their partners, and it's played at parties all across the, all across the world. All of a sudden, now Two Face or whoever is performing in twenty cities around the world, and it's starting to be the seeds of this global movement. Um, I would say that in my own career, my album came out in in late October twenty twenty to two thousand and eight my first album. And when the diaspora came home for Christmas and went back to the States or back to the UK or back to Malaysia, Asia, Europe, wherever they were, 
we felt the bump. It was like an earthquake. They took the music and they went back and all of a sudden I'm being invited to, to, to go to London to perform, to the US to perform, to Malaysia to perform. All of a sudden, you know, this, this moment happened. And so I would say the diaspora has played a, a, a hugely critical role in terms of making this happen. And, and, and when we talk about the diaspora, um, why would you feel like it's been important for them to align with the continent at this point right now? Yeah. Um, where, where are we? I, I would first like to answer from like, as a people, as what is the word Negro, you know, the, 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 the color that unites us, our shared experience of, of looking at someone across a room that you never met and seeing them have shared the same color as you and, and being like, we have some similarities in our experience on earth because of that, right? The question is, where do we go? As, as, as this multitude of, let's call it a billion and a half people, where do we go? Where are we headed? And I think at least on the short list of answers is like, we have to make the continent work. And so at that scale, how does this happen? You know, and the best people have to lead. And the truth about it is that um, we are that answer of the African sons and daughters. And the whole world is, you know, in some context that, but are spread now across the world through various periods of migration, um, some forced, some willingly, um, some in recent times, but we are now a people spread across the world and it is all our home. And that alignment, whether it's in tech, whether it's in trade, whether it's in commodities, whether it's in the creative industry, that alignment is a critical step to Africa reaching its, its prominence. Um, in the creative industry, I mean, black culture has always led, has always led. And now we are at a moment where, you know, there is the potential to truly integrate our culture with practitioners that are situated globally in like in media and high levels all across the world and truly like represent what Africa is and who our people are and what our culture means and what our, what our, what our food is about and our traditions are about. Truly share this with the world, properly package, you know, truly, you know, um, be a part of the, 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 the cultural conversation at a global, at a global level um, and, and do it with our people who are also part of those systems, you know, and um, I think it's a beautiful moment. And I think that, you know, it's not even a, it's not even, I, I would change that question from why is it important to why is it absolutely necessary that we continue the connection that, that, that is happening and growing? Yes, yes, yes. And, and that's, a, that's a good response. I just want to uh, briefly pause to uh, bring in uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Tony Adeguita Moore, the uh, CEO of Shea Fam and Tam Limited. I hope I pronounced that word correctly. 
but um, she's also joined us on the call and um, I don't really want to take up too much space and, you know, she already has her own questions too as well. So I wanted her to chime in too on this um, conversation. Um, if you don't know, we have MI on uh, this special episode and we're talking about the importance of the diaspora and why the diaspora is currently aligning itself or why it's important to align themselves to the African continent right now. Um, please take it away um, uh, for, for now. Good morning, or should I say, Yes, it's good morning to everyone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So thank you, Amai, for joining us this morning. Um, I, I would just like to ask maybe um, a follow-up question. I like the way you phrased the last question to say it was necessary. Um, and this, um, this question has to do with um, how do you feel the diaspora has advanced um, the specific, you know, when you think about the, the industry, the creatives in industry, how has, how do you feel the diaspora has advanced the specific part of the industry? Yeah, I mean, I, I could even be like granular and, and mm -hmm. like give you like, like break the industry down into like streaming, um, publishing, and then just point you to the connections that I've made like certain things happen. Um, so I'll say that, I mean, echoing back on what I was just saying that you, when you have people that are from the culture, have a shared, shared um, either cultural context because they were their parents, they were either born here or their parents were born here or their grandparents, and they understand what it means to be Nigerian or, you know, going deeper, Igbo, Yoruba, Hausa, or, you know, Tiv, Chukun, which I am or whatever, you know, um, Mm -hmm. um, in in a streaming service globally, and then they they get a an album um, that's a Nigerian album. They understand it in a different way than any other ANR would. So you're talking about now the influx of like of African diaspora, you know, young leaders all across the industry globally, and they're the names are there. I mean, you could you could go from the impact of like OK Africa to like the the some of the top label guys in, you know, the big three labels, even go, you know, look at like some of the uh, like independents and, um, and the high places, you'll see a lot of like African people there, just across the entertainment industry. These makes, this makes connections easier. It makes communicating about um, shared outcomes, you know, a lot easier, the results you want to see and advancing the general, um, the general trajectory of our, our industry. Um, for it. But I would say, I'll give one example, for instance. Um, so the streaming service um, title was led by a guy called Jason Pana, who I'm, I want to say either to Ugandan, um, where, but he sees the diaspora, diaspora guy. And very early on, one of the big partnerships they did was one with, with a, this festival called One Africa. Yeah. Um, and they had this big gig in New York. It was this big moment, big moment where it was undeniable. Like Swiss Beats was in the, was in the crowd, Alicia Keys, and it was the Barclays Center. And you're seeing 10,000 people. You're seeing Afrobeats legends on stage. And the world is like, wow. And 
again, at the end of the show, nobody's ever gonna, you know, look at the, the faces between. Um, you can even go back to, to, to talk about like Obi Asika, who was making some of those inroads because obviously title is housed within the, the Rock Nation family. And Obi Asika very early on was making some of those inroads with a guy called uh, Bryant Bihai, um, who, who's high up in the, in the, in the Rock Nation uh, senior management. And these connections, again, I, the, there's so many stories. There's so many stories. A Ghanaian lady, Lillian Blankson, who is late now, rest her soul, um, who was very instrumental with making sure that, you know, that an African contingent was represented at the BET Awards, you know, and I was part of, in 2009, part of the first BMP Square, uh, WHP, a um, few other African artists, I remember, were part of the first group that was, the, it was first, the first international act category, you know, and now this moment, I mean, uh, uh, Fireboy just performed, uh, Burna Boy, um, I think the Thames won a couple of awards, you know, but you take it back to this, you know, 2009, to this one Ghanaian lady who is like taking a team of Africans around and like making this. So when the diaspora is involved, it just makes connections happen easier. It makes the impact and the, sh the, the shared outcomes more, um, uh, just more achievable. And uh, I think that's where we're. And, and I think, and I think the thing too with the uh, BET Awards, which you mentioned, is that um, a couple of years back they were giving the awards backstage, but now they've transitioned now to actually giving these awards on stage, which was a thing that many people from the continent had an issue with. Um, and I think um, was it Whiskey who boycotted the the BET Awards back in the day, but now it's changed now, and there's more of this respectability politics that's now really. Um, shown towards um, uh, people from the continent. So it, it's, it's, it's really um, shifting. I, I just wanted to move in um, a direction in, um, let's say you have a friend, example, let's say Todd from Pennsylvania or, you know, New hey, York. Todd, you know, my guy. Todd, yeah. You know, let's say you have you the Todd from Pennsylvania who's interested in uh, investing in the uh, music industry um, in Nigeria, but more so he's looking at it too on a broader scale on the African continent. What would you tell um, somebody like him in the in in the diaspora what he needs to know before doing business on the African continent? Because doing business over here in the states, as opposed to um, Nigeria, it's it's two different landscapes. Um, the 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 landscape is different. Laws might be different. IP laws are not really as up um, in places like Nigeria, or they're still in 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 process, or it's still being worked on as opposed to the U.S. So, what would you tell him before he embarks on this journey? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so first of all, I'd say to Todd, um, look, let's let's have the conversation honestly. The West has been doing business consistently in Africa for four hundred plus years, five hundred plus years, six hundred plus years. It's it's been ongoing. Um, we don't always call it business. You know, it has different names over different centuries, but effectively what it is, is that they've been extracting value 
a lot of times to the detriment of the culture, the continent and the people here. And that is a fact. So it's not a question about doing business. Your governments are gonna do business regardless one way or the other. They're gonna sell weapons. They're gonna, you know, buy oil. They're gonna, the question is, is there an opportunity for us to do good business? And, and this is how I'd start with, 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 with Todd and say, business is gonna be done. Uh, we could also we could keep it in the legacy of this um, relationship that's continued to 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 impoverish one side, you know. Or we could look at the opportunity. And so let's talk about the opportunity now, Todd. The opportunity is that Africa is going to have the youngest population globally. Um, this also means and and that the creative economy is growing. Technology is making it a lot easier for um, us to make the connections that allow commerce to flow freely in the creative industry and all the indices. I mean, I would show Todd all the numbers about growth. You could look back at 10 years, you know, what the, what the economy has done in every, almost every uh, facet in uh, film, music, you know, whatever. Um, just look at what the trends are showing you and then look at what the best people that are looking at it and they're projecting into the future are saying. Um, I would say that for the first time that in a very long time that Africa has an opportunity to present um, content and culture that truly is, represents what Africans themselves want to say. And this is also matched by the opportunity of the demographic, of the demographics that are going to make this work and the technological um, uh, the, the, the time we're in where technology allows us to stream music globally or whatever and say that the opportunity is right there. Um, and I have a friend, uh, this is maybe the artist in me, um, but I have, an, I have a friend, an Israeli friend, a uh, great guy. And he, he, when we sit and talk, he tells me, he says he believes Nigeria is gonna be the first good superpower and that our, our, our key resource is gonna be our people and that our, you know, it's going to be authenticity. It's the power that drives, you know, um, Nigeria. And, you know, I like that story because what it means that when I invest in Nigeria and in the creative economy, what I'm doing is to say we can write a better story for the world about having countries that are hugely influential and hugely powerful, but are not doing so in a way that, you know, um, uh, by design, in, you know, extracts value from from you know in a heart in a in a wrong way from you know other other uh, countries and other societies and so that is the opportunity as I see it like Africa is growing um, technology is going to allow it make it easier um, the world is listening more and more you can see the numbers Africa is going to get younger and younger which means that the creative economy is going to be in Africa you know um, and that opportunity for 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 young singers producers. Um, filmmakers, studios, all that is it's going to be here. You know, new publishing deals, uh, new publishing companies, new management companies, super agencies, super labels, new streaming companies, new streaming platforms, touring companies, all of those opportunities. Um, um, stage and design, uh, graphics, uh, 3D animation. Uh, and you can just look at the growth of the tech industry and what's happening there and, 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 uh, you know, analogize from there to what will happen in the entertainment industry. 
Um, I would then tell Paul, Todd, slow, whoa, slow down, man. Don't give me all your money. You need to think smartly about this because I'm sure by then he'd be like, dude, let me invest in everything. You know, because um, Todd is a smart guy and he knows a good opportunity when he sees one. And, and, I be- and I believe he is a smart guy and he would definitely not hesitate into uh, or would not jump in and make rash decisions. Um, I just wanted to um, bring in uh, Mrs. Adegbisham more. Is there any uh, more questions you have? I have only one more question, but I wanted to save it for like the very last bit um, of this interview. So I just wanted to to bring in her side of the story. Is there any more uh, questions you wanted to, to ask MI before um, we uh, close out? Well, I think, you know, you've heard of the, I'm sure maybe you've talked about it in the beginning, the Afrobeats um, movie on, on uh, a documentary on um, Netflix. How do you think that that's going to transform how people look at um, African music and even just the creative industry, which kind of piggybacks on what you're saying that you really believe that this is where Africa is where it's going to be, you know, this is where it's at. And, um, you know, there's going to be more and more coming out of Africa. So talk a little bit about what you, what, you know, I assume you've watched the documentary and yeah, I, um, I haven't seen you it have... yet. No, okay. but I think I'm in, there's a couple, the one that just came out on Netflix. I think I'm in it as I was showing as project. So, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead go ahead sorry so, yeah i'm just thinking how, how does how does all of that what's you know really kind of coming out of the um of the continent how's that going to affect the creatives industry and people like todd who would want to invest <laughs> um, like yeah. me who are looking like looking for people like todd to bring into the continent yeah. because that's actually where my space is i'm trying to bring investors who would yeah. really look at, you know, the creatives industry as a place for them to, to invest and to find the, the next MI, to find the next WizKid, to find the next yeah. Davido. How, how do we really kind of uh, work collaboratively, collaborate? Uh, I can't use that word. Yeah. It's more Collabor- collaboration. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul, has been so, Paul has been so eloquent and he's, 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 he's up there. Exactly. <laughs> I know. No. Yeah, Paul has, <laughs> but Paul hasn't slept yet. That's 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 yeah. why oh, he's okay, very okay, <laughs> Yeah. So how how do you work collaboratively to to bring to make sure that happens? Yeah, that's a good question. Um. So I think in the first part of your question, you were asking about like um, you know, the impact of like getting the information about our history and the road we've traveled there. First of all, I think docs like that are just important to do because we know that, um, again, I, I don't mean to say this in an antagonizing way. I'm just saying what it is. Like history has been rewritten before for Africans. It's been retold by different, you know, and a lot of African history has been wiped out. And um, in this moment where we are, we need to make sure that we are telling the story from scratch so that a young person can go back and trace what their grandparents or their um, um, their parents did in this industry. One of the worst things that could happen is that people will slave and be forgotten. We talk about Afrobeat as if it's a moment that just happened today when some of the greatest songs, like even today that will go up at any, any African party were recorded, you know, 19 years ago, you know, 
you can't, how do you talk about this industry today and not talk about African Queen, you know, which was recorded in 2003 and released in 2004. Um, and um, so that's very, very important. Also, again, as I said, like you look at, like I know the Netflix, I mean, at least the African Netflix team pretty well, and it's Africans, it's, it's, it's um, people from Cameroon, people from Kenya, people from Nigeria that are, that are building this and positioning, properly positioning you, you through the interaction with Netflix. And look, none of these interactions are gonna be perfect, but you can see even the impact over the, the, the group of collaborators that they're consistently collaborating with, the quality in terms of the, the projects that are coming out, the uh, frequency, and also the fact that gradually this the streaming service seen through a Nigerian face looks more and more Nigerian, you know? So these are things that are, uh, if you have a Nigerian account, that's what I mean. Like um, it looks more and more, um, um, and more, more, more than that, I think that now for consumers that are like in Japan, in, in Laos, Vietnam, in New Zealand that are now like, oh, I love Afrobeats. You know, I want to get involved. They like a whiskey song. Then they can go on Netflix and see, you know, see something and learn more about our culture. Because ultimately, um, I think this is the time of Africa's emergence into truly being an equitable partner, you know, in the, in the global conversation. Um, maybe the last thing I'll say is that if there's one thing that I would like um, people in the diaspora to know, you know, about doing business, you know, in uh, the African continent. And, and the reason I, the reason I, I come to this as the end of your question, because I was talking about how when we make these connections, I think it's been a theme, you know, the reason I would say this is that there are big challenges on the African continent. That's the truth. There are big challenges. And it is not going to be a walk in the park. Um, I think it's disrespectful when sometimes, you know, um, we, people, investors are talking about this space as if it's supposed to be an easy road. You know, hey, you know, no, the African entrepreneurs that are making this happen have slaved <laughs> and have the scars to show it. But it is because of that resilience that it should be invested in. It's because these investors are, I mean, these entrepreneurs are showing a track record. But the thing I would say is that we need to, in those collaborations, I think this is, if there was one thing I would distill it down to is to say, we need to ensure that the, these collaborations take into account that the African entrepreneurs who are doing the thing on the continent understand the problems best. And it seems easy to say, but I'm sure uh, um, um, uh, Mrs. Adigbite more. I know, I know I mean, you're in those rooms and I know that you know that you'll start a conversation and when it gets time to execute a deal, you know, the framework of the deal um, doesn't take into account what the real problems on ground are and give, you know, um, and so this sometimes has created sort of a start and stop relationship. But I think what we're also starting to see is not just the, the music that's valuable. It's not just the content that's valuable. It's also the hands and the minds and the hearts that have brought it to you, you know, have built it with nothing, 
you know, in these countries, you know, created studios, you know, in dilapidated buildings, used generators around the corner to connect to light and bought a liter of fuel to turn a gen on, to have power to record a song that will go on to be a global hit, you know, and if you want to uh, invest in those, in those people, you have to meet them where they are with the challenges that they have, you know, and frame those deals in a way that will support them and allow them to go forward. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, just not, not to keep you longer, I guess the, the final question that I did want to ask was, uh, and, and you can answer this briefly. Um, what will the future of um, the African or let's just say Nigerian, because this is more of a Nigerian focus show, but we'll include Africa because we like to be inclusive um, mm-hmm. to talk about um, the creative industry. What would that look like in the coming years in the future? Yeah, look, um, if you look at the demographics of um of young people in Nigeria. I think Nigeria, if not has the youngest population globally, it's, it's right up there. It's it's right up there. And it the does. same continent. I think that Africa is the, it's the youngest continent as well. Um, and that alone tells you, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not very good at it, but this is thing that like really smart people do called scenario building, right? And so if you were just to like scenario build, and say, let's take a, a best case scenario and a worst case scenario, right? So worst case scenario, Africa doesn't work. You have the youngest population, right? So we wanna avoid that. You have the, a billion young people. So let's avoid that one. And then let's focus on the one where Africa works. This is what we should invest in, where Africa works. So what then happens? And what happens is that you have young people that are, are enormously talented with culture, with um, music, songs. There's gonna be studios, there's gonna be festivals, there's gonna be stylists, there's gonna be content creators, there's gonna be massive you know, um, talent agencies, there's gonna be like um, a lot of investment into these sectors. Africa is gonna like grow in terms of the, the, the places you can travel to, the global, the uh, global, Populations are going to travel to the continent to attend, you know, like the last 30 years have been like the Glastonbury's and Coachella's and all that is all going to happen on the continent. And it's going to happen on in venues that have never been, you know, never been visited under Olumo Rock or Aso Rock. You know, there will be a festival there, the Bambila Highland Plateaus, you know, they're just stunningly beautiful. There'll be festivals there and in Kenya and in Mauritania and across the continent. And um, it's just going to be driven by young African entrepreneurs, you know, um, and they're going to, you know, change their villages, their countries, they're going to develop all these things. And there's going to be a sound, a culture that's going to make that happen. And it's going to be, you know, what we're, we're we are calling uh, today colloquially Afrobeat, because when people talk about Afrobeat, they're naming something that actually is a larger movement. You know, it's a larger movement. It's not just what you see on stage or on a video, it's not just uh, an artist, it's language, it's uh, culture, it's uh, clothing, it's context, it's, you hear a song like Ozuba and Badoui, you know, which has so much context in it. Um, and it's all that, and that is what Africa is bringing, you know, and um, I, I really think, you know, 
I've had my, I'll be honest with you, I've had my moments where I've been worried about um, the future and, and, and how Africa actually does emerge. But the more I look at the advancement of technology on the continent, the more I'm confident that we have the opportunity now. And it really should be like all hands on deck, like Africa's time is now. And the creative economy is going to be one of the leading industries in, in, in uh, making this a reality. Yes, and we hope so. We do hope that the uh, advancement of uh, the creative um, industry will definitely continue and would also improve the um, overall GDP of um, the country. Um, we thank you for uh, joining us as always. Um, it's, it's not easy to take out. You're, you're a busy man. You know, you're going through a new rebrand, um, like, I, like I stated. Um, this might this might just be the final interview where he actually does go by MI. So this is actually yeah yeah yeah, actually, yeah 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 this is actually monumental. So yes, um, we definitely like to thank you again for stopping by. Um, as as we pointed out, you know Nigeria is a country with so much opportunity, and um, the African continent is also definitely a hotspot for music right now. These are things that are undeniable when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to music, movies, arts, like it's undeniable. And um, like I said, I hope this adds more value to Nigeria and its um, overall GDP. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, Mrs. Adegbitemore, any last words before we depart? I'm just really excited about the future, or should I even say, I'm excited about the present. And of course, um, about the future in terms of music, the creatives in the industry and with, you know, people like my brother, M.I., who is just, you know, killing the game and and moving beyond music into, you know, uh, content creation, um, you know, making sure that people have knowledge, people, you know, looking at people's talents and, and um really just bringing people together and, and looking at young people that are coming up behind him and just being an inspiration also for, for people. Um, so, so I'm excited. And that's, you know, part of the reason why I really also believe that the creatives industry is the next place to be um, right now on the continent, that, that it's coming together. Um, there's a lot more collaborations going on, even on a global stage. So why not, you know, invest in it here in Africa. So, so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, to the journey with, with all of you and, and Paul, um, you know, thank you for, for making sure that we, we have this information that we can, you know, one day you might even end up in a documentary as well. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Yes, and uh, we would like to uh, our viewers um, of um, this podcast to uh, follow the business uh, exchange on SoundCloud, um, Apple Music and Spotify um, on social media. You can also follow us at um, ABC Council underscore NG and also on Twitter um, and Instagram as well. Um, follow the American Business Council Nigeria on LinkedIn and uh, make sure you join in the conversation and use the hashtag, the ABC Business Exchange. Um, that's all for now. We'll see you same time, same place um, on the 23rd of July. Thank you for listening. My name is Paul Olele. <laughs>